guys welcome to another episode of tech trek i'm one of your hosts jeff i'm the other host jenny and uh we've had a little break while jenny was touring the delta quadrant <laughs> yes the guardian of forever donut and i was stuck in the deep space nine mall uh because i don't like to shop but um i had to walk along the nearly empty promenade um in the height of men's fashion with Garrick, the, the tailor with me. Yes. Well, if you're going to be stranded with anyone, Garrick is on the top of the list. You know, he was an interesting person to walk around with. Um, definitely had very weird stories that seemed to be incriminating at times, but he wouldn't really ever completely plant the hook, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Garrick and I'm in this Facebook group about, uh, I can't, I think it's Garrick is love or something like that. Um, and there's a, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, or if we've talked about it, um, a lot of shippers between him and Dr. Bashir. Yes. I've, I've been aware of that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Bashir actually had shippers um, going for Garrick and also for O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a magnetic pull <laughs> between Bashir and those two. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's I, it, it makes me want to watch it again with that. Not that I didn't really pick up on it, but um, kind of to zero in on on their relationship because I really it could have been like I think at a different time if like if they made Deep Space Nine now they would they would probably have been an item or would have been probably. I mean, if you look at Picard or sorry, Discovery mm-hmm. and all of the um, all the all the LGBTQ uh, kind of highlights in there. Yeah, really, uh, really great. And actually, you're not off by saying Picard either, because there was also a relationship developing between Seven and Raffi. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, so we've been we've been having some yeah. fun with that relationship, yeah. right? <laughs> For sure. And and as a as a a world where you know, acceptance and everybody needs a seat at the table, like I am I am always glad to see you know, pressing the social agenda forward there too. Yeah, it's I agree with your your statement about a seat at the table, right? It should be it should be pretty common that in a public space you should have a seat at the table no matter where you're coming from, um, yeah. because that's the whole idea of a public space, right? Yeah, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless you you tuck your sweaters in, your jeans. I don't. No. Um, I'm going to be on the record here. <laughs> Maybe this is the Tech Trek exclusive. Um, sweaters are to be untucked. Untucked. Period. Hot take coming in <laughs> on a real hot take there. So let it be written. <laughs> that could go down <laughs> as recorded in the annals of Tech Trek. <laughs> sweaters are an untucked thing. They, yeah. Also, you fold a sweater. You don't hang a sweater. Right. You don't want those little bubbles on your shoulders. You those shoulder bumps. No one wants no. a shoulder bump. What what good is a cardigan with shoulder bumps? <sighs> but anyway, we are far off track of wherever we were going. I don't know if we'd started on a track yet. Oh, we okay. Were, we we're mostly trackless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of liberty liberating. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice to fly without a map. 
<laughs> but I think we were going to talk a little bit of a like, hey, there's been a lot of Star Trek content since we last talked. A lot of tech. A lot of tech. And kind of like, like a shoot from the hips, tech trek, you know, tech blowout, whatever you want to call it. Pop quiz, hot shot. A techorama, Ganza. Techorama, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's what we would have in store for for everyone on this on this episode here. So yeah, Jenny, do you want to like? How do you want to start? Do you want to start with like where where was the last tech that you that you saw, and I can pick it up from there? Okay, well, I think top of mind are Discovery and Picard. Um, they've yeah. had a, um, new seasons this in this the cold season, winter time. Uh, winter time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and in particular, like <clears throat> a lot of the technology in Discovery and in Picard are like manipulating the air around you with light, like internet of things kind of what's well, not even that they just call up a a dashboard or whatever mm -hmm. and yeah i think i think a quote that i saw someone recently requote was you know the uh, blurring the line between technology and magic right yeah <laughs> and you can't yeah. tell them apart <laughs> yeah yeah so. and and just as a a point too I, well i recently had attended a product conference about um you know futuristic views of things and uh, and it just calls to mind minority report right mm. when he was manipulating all of those things and uh someone had tried to develop a system like that and found that through user testing before they actually build anything is the users just get tired uh, yeah. swinging their arms like that and and they come to find out like <laughs> actually talking to to Tom Cruise, he got tired. Like, I mean, doing the movie. <laughs> That's a great anecdote. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, but uh, it's it's certainly like one of those things that looks like, oh, finally you can kind of be walking around inside the technology and manipulating things as if they were physical items. But then it's like, oh yeah, we got out of the manual business because it's exhausting. You know, <laughs> it's like... Like, you know, that's why we're typing. To, yeah. How much effort does it take to move a, you know, 35 column spreadsheet around? That's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all mental at that point, but, <laughs> you know, at least you're not standing up, like swinging your arms around, moving things around. And I mean, as, 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 a, as wonderful as that looks on the screen, it's, it's, I mean, there's a, the, the pure fact of the person doing it is going to have some kind of more fatigue. Mm. So is it is it advanced tech for tech's sake? Because I think about like early versions of the tech was push button, right? Yeah. Like push a button and anything. Push a button on the replicator and you get a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean and that was so um that was so funny if you watch any like there's a there's a short film about the world's fair in the 60s uh, i think it was sponsored by at&t so you get a real good look at the at&t exhibit yeah about like this is the, the push button age you know it's like it's all about like moving away from rotary into pushing mm -hmm. buttons and and i think you know if you look at the enterprise a or didn't have a letter because it was the first one no uh, dash no no a. dash no, no nothing <laughs> um so, sorry, I'm going to put this in because there's jibber-jabber going on around here. Oh, it's all right. Um, it's funny. It's, I, we talked about that because I think that I, was, I saw a similar one. I think that IBM did in the late 70s for like one of the last expo type, you know, like Sister City Expo World Fair kind of things. That, that yeah. Happened. It was like, here's the house of the modern day. Yeah. You know, and it was like, and the guy goes like, there's a kid in his room with a screen and a teacher on the screen. I was like, 
it's a Zoom classroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the idea of video calls as a kid, it was like, oh, wow, that would be the best. Like, super cool. And it's like, now you spend your life in a video call. <laughs> Most people are like, just kill me. Please, no, not another one. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, it's interesting about the 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 point, though, about like walking around in the tech and how exhausting that would actually get after a little bit too. Um, yeah. And you're right. I think, especially with, you know, where discovery is at this point with it being what, 900 years in the future past the, like what everyone kind of knows of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Like so far, like advanced in the technology that they're being able to show. Like, I think it's almost unthinkable. It's like when I think of, you know, someone saying there's a billion dollar budget. I'm like, a billion dollars? That number doesn't even make sense to me. Like, yeah. I'm never going to see a billion dollars. <laughs> what does it even look like? Uh, you know, that kind of that kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, and I mean, too, like manipulation, like human manipulation of tech is like, I would think if we're going to think more futuristic about it, if we get, and, and really what they're doing in Picard and Discovery with those holographic dashboards or whatever, um, like it's not new. It's, when was Minority Report out? Like early 2000s? Yeah. I, I mean, think. you're talking one or two, maybe three. Yeah. Really and it's like, okay, so it's not a new idea. Um, they've used it in the Avengers. They, you know, it's something it seems pretty safe uh, and not super forward looking. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, you're right. It's like, Oh, they've been thinking about it for a bit. It's not like this is something that no one has ever thought about. Right. Yeah. And, and if you, if you take a look at SpaceX and I don't know if you watched any of those launches or whatever, but they're just sitting there. Yeah. There's no need for the human intervention. On no, that. they're not controlling anything. No. no. There's no joystick and, in front of the pilot. No. <laughs> I mean, and that's like, to me, um, the future has got to be where it's less about labor and more about, you know, leveraging the creative possibilities of the human mind. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's funny how much emphasis is on on that sort of um how they control the ship and stuff like shouldn't the yeah. ships really just be flying themselves well there's two things that come to mind one of them being a non-star trek well both of them being non-star trek related um the the show upload that has recently been on amazon prime mm -hmm. it was written by the original showrunners of the office and um the u.s version of the office and um it's i don't know if you know the premise of the show or not but it's essentially mm -mm. in the future but not like drastically in the future like it's like 10 years future and they figured out a way to preserve human thoughts outside of the human body so you can upload your consciousness into this AI and you can just keep living in this AI as long as you fund it with, you know, your bankroll, essentially, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, privately funded or unfortunately for some publicly <laughs> supported spaces that aren't as nice as the privately funded ones. Yeah. Um, and you're not doing much there either because it's just your thoughts kind of going around in the AI at that point. You're not, you're not doing anything. So, yeah. so I, I like this one one thing there and especially like because they have an emphasis on driverless cars and you know humanless technology taking over in a lot of places um and the other is as much as it might sound snobbish right which i'm always going to probably sound that way when i yeah say things about sci-fi um uh dune from last year yeah the tech is is to a point where it's not even seen yeah, like, they, that's they what I'm talking fly about. The ships, you know, they take they they basically have the ships guided already 
Mm-hmm. They don't fly the ships. Yeah. Why should they? You know, if you've not... got the intelligence, machine intelligence to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's some, there's some interesting concepts that are out there that are already kind of pushing yeah. at the borders of that. Like, why why do humans have to be so, you know, enmeshed in manipulating the tech and the data screens right. and all that? Especially with, you know, the this, especially with piloting, the human error factor is so high. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, human brains um, have not great attention spans. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's not even that. It's, it's, yes, that. Like, you would not want me to fly your plane. Or me either. I, well, you know. I would choose you over me. <laughs> I I am like flaky um, <laughs> on like I'm really good at some things, details and not those things. Um, <clears throat> but there's there's another really great series out there called The Way Down. Have oh. you? It's on HBO. Um, and I, I promise this has to do with what I, my point. Okay. Uh, basically, there's a a church called Re- Revenant. Revenant? Revenant? Uh, yeah, it's Tennessee, Nashville area, and it's founded by this woman who created a diet program based on Bible. But it's really like the um, somewhat of a cult. Uh, but yeah. we're watching and kind of toward the end of the series, or the first season, they're like, well, there was a plane crash. <laughs> uh, and the founders of the church were in this it was a private plane that her husband was flying and what happened like is if you're trained to visually fly, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have certain patterns that you do. And then he was suddenly flying jets that he probably wasn't qualified to fly. Cause then you have to fly by instrument. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's so easy to get disoriented uh, in the cloud. Like you don't literally don't know which way's up. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things where, like, yeah. I mean, you know, if you could eliminate that yeah. risk of, you know, somebody becoming disoriented and like doing a simple flight that, that, you know, from point A to point B and all of a sudden crashing into a lake because they couldn't figure out which side was up. They, you know, they weren't trusting the instruments, they were trusting their gut. Yeah. Um, and it's like, uh, yeah, this, this, the amount of hands-on control from bridge to bridge to bridge in Star Trek is, is pretty high. And, and it's getting more complicated with the, the holographic dashboards. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, what I saw in Picard, probably second half of the season, though, was a much more it was interesting there was the distrust of the technology because and i mean i don't want to reveal too much but if you've seen any of the season right yeah <laughs> kind of the direction that that dr Gerardi is on in the show mm-hmm. allison pills character the, the blonde oh yeah 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 yep. yeah do you know what direction she's headed in yeah the borg direction yeah yeah Yeah. sorry that's that what you were trying not to say well i didn't want to ruin it for you but you know oh no no i think i think i'm oh yeah (laughs) no yeah i want to talk about the borg queen i want to talk about that we're gonna get there because that's part of what i'm gonna go to here all Um, right when when the when the season first starts right they encounter her the borg queen start to take over the ships yeah like instantly but like tentacles into the controls right mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh gosh <laughs> um and then they go into the timeline and they catch her in this basement but without you know without legs it's just her torso <laughs> yeah and she's still you know she's still efficient you know efficiently and effectively a, a borg but also cut off from all of the borg in that timeline where they get her which is pretty interesting to me because how's she board collective and also just the Borg, right? 
this yeah. is some interesting stuff to me um but it's not it's not a giant leap to see where they took her in the show and how Gerardi fits into all that and that kind of thing um i think you could see the distrust in how far the tech had gone by the end of the season mm-hmm. um, you know i think there's a um the theme of that is is watching watching the reliance in the tech sort of decline and the reliance in each other and in humans in take it the general sense and not the specific race spent sense right and yeah. that being able to be the thing that you get your hope in because they weren't able to trust that they could just solve the problem by throwing tech at the wall they had to go back into their team a bit more and realize that neither one neither of them of the whole t- team could solve the problem just themselves so i thought that was pretty cool to see yeah. that shift in dynamics um so let's talk about board queen yes definitely a piece of technology <laughs> For sure. And um, she's like, you know, the integration, right, of person and machine. Mm. And like the epitome of it. Yeah. And how played out that is at this point in Picard. Like, if you think about you know, how certain technology dominates and then, you know, you think it's, a, it's never going to go away, but then suddenly you're like, oh, it's just that model doesn't really work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect, I, I was certainly like, I feel like the Borg is terrifying. When it first came on, it was like, ooh, this is really scary. And um <clears throat> they seemed like unbeatable no vulnerabilities or easily adapting their vulnerabilities mm. and um so it's interesting to see this sort of the this idea i think if i recall correctly like the borg really kind of fallen apart yeah yeah, by the um, well, and that sort of started happening in, like, in Voyager, where they were able to start to kind of take the Borg apart a little bit from the inside, mm-hmm. with some splinter groups and stuff. Um, yeah, to see it play out completely in Picard was pretty interesting to see, uh, in you know that alternate timeline, Picard was the Borg killer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was his, his other title in there? Yeah, uh, which was striking because we know him as also having been captured by the Borg and that haunting him for such a long time um, throughout kind of the rest of the whole Next Generation series and movies and stuff too. Yeah, and also him losing credibility with humans because of it. Yeah, exactly. Like no one one really trusted him for a bit. So it was was really cool to see that. Um, I think you're right about it being like seeing the whole timeline kind of play out like that too. But yeah, I wanted to switch to talk about something really fun. And that's my, you know, this from other episodes too, is like the retro tech mm-hmm. stuff. So even in Picard, you could see um, like Raffi using a laptop computer. Yeah. <laughs> in the police car, right? Like, right. Like that's pretty fun to think about how we would encounter technology that is hundreds of years <laughs> less advanced than what we're used to and how would we be able to work with it i don't i don't personally don't think i could have gone back to seeing that and using that laptop in the police car after the holographic computer controls that are on La Serena, like, I don't think I could have done it. <laughs> right. Well, think about like, it. And nothing on the computer is working. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> it, how far ahead are they, though? The 20, 23rd, 24th century? 24th century. Yeah. So about 300 years from yeah. like, when that tech was that they were looking at. Yeah. And if we go back 300 years, 
that puts us at uh, what? years. You know, we're talking about the 1700s. Is my math is right? Yeah, which there ain't much going on in terms of tech. <laughs> yeah, like what? Like if we were suddenly thrown back into the 1700s, I mean, I feel like we could probably figure it out. We would probably be able to be okay, but we would have to adapt a lot and that includes our expectations on things yeah. <laughs> hygiene how long it takes to get an answer on something because you're talking yeah. about you know at best horse and carriage um you know stagecoach type mail yeah which didn't go fast and was kind of prone to highway robberies and you know weather disease <laughs> yeah disease attacks and you know yeah you weren't you weren't you weren't you weren't um confident in you know your email getting received right <laughs> for my last message yeah <laughs> Jenny, I've noticed that you have not replied to my email recently <laughs> with the attachment. <laughs> this council could have been a letter. <laughs> this council could have been a letter. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. And we would have gotten so much done in that letter. Yeah. Um, it is really think, one way of communication. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that if we had to tangle with 1700s era law enforcement, though, we might be at an advantage. I think we could probably, yeah, there we'd have an advantage. Dealing with 1700s era cooking, I would be at a disadvantage. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't even. I think you'd, you'd have a better time than I would. There's probably, you know, a few different versions of pork Sunday out there. <laughs> Disgusting. That might even make me, you know, a celebrity in that time. <laughs> I introduced to you a bowl that contains an entire meal. You can eat it on you, the go. Like a porridge. Like a porridge. You can eat it while in the stagecoach, traveling from one town to another. You just drive up to this window and ask for it. Give me a couple of shillings and I will. <laughs> Bob's your uncle? Speak into the clown's mouth. No, the real clown that's over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Revolutionize. Um, really <laughs> uh, but some other stuff that I thought was really cool, and this is changing from Picard to another Trek series that just came out, is Strange New Worlds. So I don't know, Jenny, where you're at in terms of your understanding of all the things about Strange New Worlds. That's so Captain, you, that's Pike, right? It's Captain Pike. Yeah. It's the Enterprise. It's the Enterprise before Kirk. However, mm -hmm. Spock is on it. Right. And there's no McCoy, but there's Yahura on there too, mm -hmm. and Christine Chappell. And so number one. Some of, the, some of the early set pieces, right, of, of what we know from original series Star Trek, but with some striking changes and some striking additions and, and things like that put into it um the first thing i noticed though was the communicator chirp that they have in the series it's the old school like little flip looking mm -hmm. thing and it just makes a little you know a little communicator chirp that we're so used to hearing um it was great to hear that in yeah the of, of the series it was like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right i got an original sound effect in here uh and it had you know the homing kind of beacon on it that the old communicators had and that kind of stuff so it was really mm -hmm. cool i loved that and i also loved um it, it struck a real deep chord with me to see the transporter desk and they mm -hmm. had the original three faders like the soundboard faders that you push yeah. up you know yours yeah um, like that's manual manipula manipulation of the console right mm -hmm. you don't need to have those but to the chief the transporter chief it probably feels like they have to have it right that's like a, that's an engineering thing 
I got yeah. this this slider that I've got to push up, and when I get to the top, that's when the sequence is complete. <laughs> <laughs> it's very engineer, you know, minded technology there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was great to see it in that retro form because it wasn't just you know manually doing this or just hitting their chest like they're doing now, you know, with the, the personal transporters yeah. that they have in Discovery and that kind of stuff. Well, and then they, you know, in Next Generation and Voyager or whatever, the, it was more of a touchscreen. It was. Situation. It was the L-Cars, man, you know, panel. They just yeah. flipped the program from, you know, ops or driving the ship to transporters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was in one of the menus. They just choose which one they need. <laughs> yeah. And that, that turns out to be very much uh, workable. I mean, that's, really that's a lot of what, of course, what we have now. It really does because it's you know user object oriented <laughs> programming. Yeah. Um, but I loved being able to see some of those pieces of, of retro tech in there. The um, one of the new additions to the ship for the Enterprise is they have an emergency medical transporter. So there's a transporter in sick bay. Oh. Which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, well, they've been able to like beam me directly to sick bay. I've heard that. Yeah, before. that was usually like right to a bed, but this was mm-hmm. like there's a transporter pad in sick bay. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, they had like the old sort of the med the med beds, you know, mm-hmm. where they had the, the, the lights that indicated the life signs and that kind of stuff on there. So, uh, one of the things that they did upgrade though was the bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's quite a bit more um, Christopher Pine, J.J. Abrams esque bridge, yeah, than um, original series was, with a huge view screen. And, you know, it's a bit more spacious than the bridge on the original Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, but I think in a, in a you know I think for practicality it's actually good because you know you need a little bit more room on that bridge anyway. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it was cool to see some of that retro tech in there and, and that like for that model enterprise, like that was that was like the height of technology at that time. And to kind of take those steps back from Picard and from Discovery and to see what they were doing with the tech at that point that they had it was pretty cool. So I've enjoyed my first watch of Strange New Worlds. And it just has a bit more of the, uh, I don't know, it has that original series swagger to it. Yeah. You know, that sort of intangible, like, this is a crew and they're doing some stuff and they've never done it before and it's pretty cool to watch it, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I do I've, appreciate in Picard, I love the voyage home feel. Oh, yeah. There is that a lot, isn't there? Yeah. Including like warping around the sun. Yep. <laughs> About, I, was, I was just hoping that they might throw some whales on there, but you know, that was probably too much to ask. Well, they already solved that problem at <laughs> some <true>. point. <laughs> at one point in the in the in this timeline, they they solved the whales problem. <laughs> <laughs> this time we have to go back, but it's for manatees. Yeah. I'm not sure why. God, he's like, this oh. isn't as big of an engineering problem, sir. <laughs> yeah, what is the deal, though? That I forget what there was something that was somebody was doing mm. that was gonna turn. Oh, it's Q. It's Q. Q. And, yeah. I didn't mean to say it. Oh, it's Q. I meant, oh, it's Q. I was so I happy to know. see him. It was really cool to have him be involved in this season yeah he was because he was not tech at all like he was so not tech he was part of our earlier conversation it was probably the tech was so advanced that you couldn't see it yeah you know in a lot of ways um i it was cool to see him go through and be old too not just be the cue that you that you saw from the original series you know he had he had a bit more of uncertainty. He had a bit more desperation in him, which was interesting to see. 
Mm-hmm. He played it, and, and then John Delancey just killed it, of course, because he does. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's an amazing actor. <clears throat> he embodies chaos in a, a very satisfying way. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I did not like where they took the character of Doctor Noonien Singh in this season. You know, with Brent Spiner playing it, mm. he just seemed really mean and angry the whole time like just mean for mean sake and it was you know if i want to see mean i'll watch a baseball game or something i don't know <laughs> they're so mean in baseball the meanest sport they're yelling at each other and they're throwing their arms out <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure i got far enough in to see dr stone he shows up um and he plays a pivotal part in the season. I'll I'll say that. So okay. I, don't want to spoil it I want you to watch it and see it. Yeah. And then report back to me, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, but the, <laughs> the one thing that it, that they do explore in Picard is, I feel like, uh, backward compatibility. I. The way that the Borg was able to hook into the the, the ship, yeah. Which, if you think about the Borg tech, probably being fifty years old at that point, and uh, that ship being relatively new. Yeah, no, you're you're right on with that because she was able to do it, no problem. It didn't even like seem to phase her too much. No, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Or maybe I'll take credit for that one. Maybe. Yeah, intend your puns. I, I will intend that. My puns yeah. haven't. So. <laughs> they always do. Yeah. Uh, but no, you're right. Because, I mean, even in, in, in all of the different um, ways that you see her in the season two, like the very beginning, she plugs right into the ships there. No problem. Um, she's actually able to take over the ships really easily. <laughs> yeah. How about that new uh, Borg ship? It's not even a cube. It's like a big cross, you know, compass rose kind of looking thing. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember. One. Yeah. Yeah. Comes on screen, you're just like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cube anymore. <laughs> oh, they've adapted again. Adapted again. It looks like a spider, and I'm scared. <laughs> But if you think about, like, if you tried to hook up uh, Betamax to your TV right now, like, you're going to have some trouble. Yeah, I, I read, no, I was listening to, okay, so backwards compatibility reminds me of an episode of, are, are you familiar with the podcast Radio Lab from uh-huh. WNYU? Uh, well, us snobs know it. <laughs> sure. Hipsters, <laughs> yeah, us hipster snobs. <laughs> um, it, they did a series called Mixtape where they traced the history of cassettes, huh? Like cassettes, like, right? You know. <laughs> no, I remember. And, oh, I know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, believe me, I've got I probably still have some. Um, mm-hmm. And they talked about how this one guy, Simon Goodwin, was the scientist's name from the UK. And he wanted to make an early version of the internet back in the 80s. So he took, he programmed a set, a series, you know, a couple lines of code into, into his computer that he augmented the code to have high and low sounds to represent the binary that he played back and recorded on a cassette player and then took the cassette player to a radio station because they were having, they had this like UK, like technology today, you know, like local BBC mm-hmm. <laughs> radio program. And they had a computer hour that they had on the, you know, it was like once a month on Sundays or something like that when everyone was eating dinner. <laughs> but <laughs> he brought, he brought the cassette in and played the code over the bbc and it arranged it where some of his like listeners were there to capture the the playback on their cassette player 
recorder. Mm -hmm. They recorded it onto their cassettes and then put it into their computer. And then they were able to get the code, which was a game of Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, except it was green and black. It didn't have red nose. But a reindeer, nonetheless, like dancing on the screen that he got, that he sent through the radio waves. So he made an early version of the internet using cassette tapes. Wow. They called it the sneaker net because it was basically all these guys in sneakers that were walking around (laughs) with cassettes. (laughs) Oh, geez. And they were like, so they, at the end of the episode, they said, well, we got a little treat for you because Simon Goodwin's still alive. So he's programmed another line of code for you. So oh, if you wow. have the ability to capture this, you'll need some kind of emulator because right now you probably can't get another cassette recorder out mm-hmm. there unless you have some contacts somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll need to be able to get an emulator to, to record cassette sounds and then play it back onto your computer with another emulator and see what, what the message is. I was like, this is wow. amazing. So cool. <laughs> yeah so backwards compatibility pretty awesome stuff but very hard to do (laughs) very hard to do and yeah and it it the tenacity of the borg i guess um and adaptability i would imagine that that there there just isn't and maybe there is in some standardization of whatever jacks she was using to get (laughs) Get in there. Probably USB, you know, 2.0, not 3.0. But. Gosh. <laughs> Will we ever escape the USB? Nine pins. It's like probably some nine pin stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> RCA jacks. Definitely RCA jacks. Probably a US, you know, like a, not a USB, but like a, you know, the, the old PCI. Yeah. Type <laughs> stuff in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you look at the ends of her, wiring i mean it's like a isn't it like a three-pronged kind of yeah. claw thing yeah. i don't know if you need a voltage converter you know like if you're traveling to yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that i would like to have have seen the like how are we going to retrofit her stuff to, or, or the the ship stuff to her gear it's like that's a that's a that was a traveling at the speed of plot i think it was you're you're right because we didn't see like the conference room scene of them saying like how do we make this work yeah (laughs) we didn't have o'brien in there saying i don't you know this isn't gonna work not gonna (laughs) work (laughs) let me get on this storage bin and i get all my yeah get all my dad's like ancient board gear or whatever yeah it's that it's that it's in that shoe box up in the top of the attic yeah. <laughs> it's labeled old board connections yeah <laughs> i knew i saved these wires for a reason <laughs> you said I... i'd never need them i proved you wrong Agnes. <laughs> <laughs> so just turns out i did need them and i proved you wrong yeah that box of cables in your house is justified or the junk drawer that has all the old cables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping these in case I need to retrofit for the board queen. Could happen. <laughs> You're telling me that it's not going to happen? I don't think I agree with you. <laughs> don't make me break out the tone because I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I agree. And I think, I think you'll enjoy the theme that it takes towards the end of the series, the end of the season with the Borg and some of the things that they talk about. Yeah, so I'm particularly a... interested in uh, Guinan. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. And it brings in another storyline from an original series um, thing that um spawned the show adam seven with like the supervisors on earth that were watching over certain people in there that were alien that weren't supposed mm-hmm. to be shown as aliens so mm. pretty interesting you'll you'll i think you'll enjoy some of the things that it brings up well ch- i will I, I feel like there's only a few episodes left that i haven't watched so okay we get caught up <laughs> 
yeah we'll do that and then we'll do another episode talk about the arc of season two okay that'd be fun for sure because there is some more tech that i don't know if you've gotten to yet so it'd be interesting Mm. once you get all the way through we can talk about um some of the other tech that's there which involves another form of transporter which is I think the cooler way to transport than I've ever seen. So, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, it involves okay. much nicer colors. I'll just do <laughs> that. Um, I'm all about colors. <laughs> Aesthetics, Jenny. It has to look yeah. nice. No, <laughs> yeah, it can't be cludgy. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, just to cook to circle right. Let's slingshot around the sun one more time here. Um, I always will. <laughs> the uh the parallels to Picard and Voyage Home <coughs> excuse me are strong like and you know they have somebody who gets a head injury you know or gets lost from the ground gets arrested and all of that yep and you know there's a lot of like uh dodging authorities and and that uh, kind of stuff it's just it had it really did have the, the wonderful vibe of of Boy Chong. Peckov in the on the on the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't quite as fish out of water as they were for the original season. Like they I think they fit in pretty good. Um, I think they um, do too. Yeah. And and <laughs> I think much better than than Kirk's crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh but anyway, I just I I love that sort of uh vibe through through the show that season the fish out of water theme always works yeah, yeah. and it's there's a different lesson that someone uh, can get from it. yeah and it's fun to see these guys wrestle with problems that we're fra- we're facing you know whether it's like the you know the mistreatment of immigrants and law enforcement and that kind of stuff and um it just just to have especially when certain things baffle them about like problems that we're just used to that are gone for them uh, that's I, I appreciate those moments quite a bit when the, they're like especially like McCoy's like what is this the middle ages you know and giving them a pill to fix their kidneys or whatever I grew another kidney position yeah <laughs> yeah and you know, just kind of a, a perspective of future humans on our current times uh, is it's, it's somewhat like hopeful. Yeah. And and reassuring. I mean, like it's interesting. it's interesting in the timeline that they get to on Earth <clears throat> that it's not it's not like they clearly see it's not the past that they're from. So it's mm-hmm. a different past. And they're they're reacting and adapting to what that is, which is really mm-hmm. cool too. Yeah, and if you if you think from the sort of high high level view point, the the social issue that was at the heart of Voyage Home was the environment, um, and it being totally ruined because we didn't take care of a, a the whales. You know, yeah. we didn't save the whales. And then this one is like, we're marching into a totalitarian future. Like the fear factor is different. Not that we've done anything to, like, of course we didn't kill off the whales. So, I mean, I guess check that box, but um, you know, this, <laughs> this, this sort of, not that we can do a whole lot more just environmentally, but that the, that the, the fear factor in it was the totalitarian state. Yeah. Um, and so that was my dog is such a sad sack right now well we can probably wrap it then here all right a short a short get to know you back again Mm -hmm. hey glad you're back from a break and we have so much fun stuff to think about for tech this year because we get a whole um, so much fun of of strange new worlds to go through, which will be really fun. Um, 
Yeah, it's digesting what we saw in Picard. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, and, the and way it's they wrapped up Discovery was was great. You yes, know, by having them talk to another culture, which had probably very advanced technology, the the you know the the dark matter um, engine that they had, but to the point where they don't use language the way that we are supposed to at least be familiar with communicating. So yeah. they had to learn a different tech to communicate yeah. with. Yeah, the, the, um, that problem and having all the different stakeholders involved in it and who um, like everybody was felt like they were right. Yep. You know, and just that's that's one of the best things about Star Trek for me is and why I think of the three currently live series that Discovery uh, surprising to me is my favorite uh, because it's because when it first came out, there was a lot of a lot of critics towards it. Well, yeah, that was um, yeah, the season one was a struggle season two is when it took when they got into the future and, and started to do star trek things real pioneer stuff and then 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 to try to understand and it ha have had a bit of a voyage home feel to it as well yeah where they just right. they cannot communicate with this being um so I, all that to say that the voyage home is the kernel of everything in star trek one could say it's the pinnacle mm -hmm. It's the yeah. It's the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it had the least amount of, you know, space battles. It had zero space battles. <laughs> yeah. And space battles, like, don't get me wrong, they're fun. But, like, what I love about Star Trek is the human element. Sorry, the... It's, it's oh, that. Yeah. It's, it's people finally getting down to knowing that they can talk to each other about a, a solution mm -hmm. that they don't have to have the solution that someone that they were inviting into the conversation might have it. I mean, we saw that with Picard, you know, yeah. with his, it's so different than Kirk's, you know, I started shooting and then I started asking questions. Yeah. Picard, hey, we're going to go over here to the conference room. Not because I don't have an opinion because mm -hmm. I have an opinion. <laughs> And I want to see if other people's opinions are different than mine and how that's going to change the situation that I'm not seeing. Yeah. And to, to, to see that, that shift in we, we are okay to have an opinion, but think about the way that that opinion is going to impact others and what their thoughts are on it before yeah. you just... Yeah you know, blindly start shooting <laughs> with phasers from the hip. I think that's the, yeah. you know, where Star Trek is is <sighs> doing something so well in all these series too, is that it's yeah. not relying on, on the action adventure stuff. It's relying on the human thought pattern yeah. and how do we, how do we do this together? Yeah. And that, and that, and I'm serious when I say like Voyage Home really, it's not the first thing ever done in Star Trek, but it really is a great display of the DNA of what makes Star Trek so good. And, yep. and, and, and speaking of points of view, like one of the things that I took away from my very, uh, what would you say? Uh, Learning filled past six months of starting a new job for the first time in 14 years is that it's important to have a point of view and, um, it's like I in the past because of the context of where I was at to have an opinion would really kind of work against you uh or I thought it would um and so what I got very good at doing was collecting up everyone's opinions and formulating a pathway forward such that you know everybody's been heard and considered but what I didn't do was really put mine in there um, and now I'm learning like I waste so much time if if you you know 
if you don't bring your opinion to the table, uh, like, you know, so much heartache can be, and that, that's the thing about being valued and everyone being valued and in the Star Trek universe and the, the progressive viewpoint of social, like, constructs really is to have have those multiple voices but you know and there's also this idea of non-interference and so those are kind of two conflicting kind of like justice versus mercy almost you know where um you have to ride that uh judiciously and know when it's time for your point of view to come out and know when it's time to remain neutral and that's hard to do because you can't be neutral all the time and you can't be proclaiming your opinion all the time. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, you know, 50 years old learning, still learning this kind of stuff. Well, it's just more proof of, of how smart you are. Because no. keep learning is, is, is the key. So. Yeah. Well. I don't want to. I just want to be really up. good at it. Let's finish up with let's finish up with uh, finishing the season of Picard. We'll do a Picard tech dive. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah. and then I want to talk about Strange New Worlds. Okay. And where might where folks view this? Uh, well, Paramount Plus is the home of Star Trek at this point. Okay. Um, this isn't the web series. This is not the web series. This is okay. this is actual Star Trek content. Okay, yeah. Written by real, you know, <laughs> real writers. Written by uh, <gasps> shots by <actual> fired. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, written by a showrunner <laughs> that's getting funding. <laughs> it's part of the the corporate Star Trek world. It's part of the corporate will. Star Trek canon. Um, it is. It is the precursor to the original series in terms of timeline. It's like 10 for the original series. Yeah. Um, and and we've dabbled in that in the movies and in Discovery, right? In, in, in the Discovery before they shot themselves 900 years in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really cool to see the human viewpoint that you're talking about very eloquently um, even in the first episode of it so far. So, yeah. Well, we'll check it out. Also, a future episode, hopefully, uh, I'm trying to line up a guest speaker to come in and us talk about the workplace of Star Trek mm. a little bit. Um, I think that would be a great one. Yeah. So... Well, Jenny, where can they uh, where can they find our podcast? Oh, it's it's you know on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yep. No big deal. No big. And we deal. have a no big deal. We have a Facebook page. It's fun. It's a Tech Trek podcast, I think, or just Tech Trek. I think. I think um, now it's just Tech Trek. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but we're we're there. The podcast. <laughs> Yes, it is a little little community of, yep. of Star Trek memes. Yeah, so check it out. Um, I believe it's a, I think it's basically an open community, right? So yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to this, submit a contracted um, application form to us or anything like that. Uh, if you want no. to, it's great. I'll read it <laughs> and provide mar- remarks on it. But <laughs> yeah. At this point, uh, we don't have to moderate too much, so yeah, not at all, <laughs> at all. There's no all the people are so well behaved that like Star Trek. Yep, yep. Well, why don't we wrap it up then? All right. Well, uh, horseplay leads to sick bay. That is your so catchphrase. Be careful play. out there. And guys, it was a lot of fun. We look forward to talking to you next time. Yeah. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.